0: In our opinion, and it's, there's a lot of evidence, is that the cravings are coming from very specific strains. And again, these probiotics are alive. These bacteria, you know, they want to eat. And specific bacteria eat specific foods. So if you've been eating Doritos and McDonald's, you're, you've been feeding certain colonies of strains.
1: I'm Luke Story. I'd like to share with you two of my favorite things. One is delicious, organic, mold-free coffee. The other one is medicinal mushrooms. And you know who makes both of those in one product? Drum roll, please. Of course, our longtime sponsor and my friends at Four Sigmatic. Now you're probably thinking, why would I wanna mix coffee with mushrooms? Doesn't that taste gross? Well, I can guarantee you it tastes just like regular coffee, not at all like mushrooms. It's also made with 100% organic Arabica coffee beans. It's got no sugar, no carbs, no calories. That means it's, of course, vegan, paleo, sugar-free, dairy-free, all that good stuff. Although mine's not dairy-free because I make mine with ghee or grass-fed butter, but you don't have to. You could put some other fat in there or just drink it black if you wanna be hardcore. It also has half the caffeine of regular coffee, which is really cool. So you can kind of gauge how much lift off you want. You know what I'm saying? So if it's like later in the day, I'll make a Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee by opening up one of the little packets and I'll just use one and I'll make myself a great little pick-me-up drink. But if it's a morning and for some reason my sleep sucked or I'm traveling, I might put two to even four packets in either hot or cold water. Sometimes, honestly, when I'm traveling, I'll just like put a couple of those in a bottle of water, shake it up and just have like (laughs) coffee for the sake of its medicine, right? So they're really easy to use, and you can take them anywhere, and you can really customize your coffee in terms of how strong it is. So I think this product is just absolutely fantastic. I've got a special offer for you. You can get 15% off your Four Sigmatic order by going to forsigmaticcom slash story. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, Forsigmatic.com slash story. And get 15% off your order and a really good place to start is their amazing coffee. Our sponsor, Blue Blocks, is one of the easiest ones for me to plug because I wear their glasses every day. I have a pair sitting here on my desk, and as it gets later in the night, I'm going to put them on. This would be the amber-colored glasses to assist in producing melatonin, getting me ready to wind down, get super chill, get a good night's sleep. But when I'm working here during the day behind glass, because guess what? Windows make fake light, like non-native blue light. I'll wear the yellow ones. They're working on a computer or a phone. I'll even wear the clear ones that just block the really gnarly, narrow spectrum of blue light that our devices make. So everyone's learning now that the light in our environment is really important, and blue blocks makes it super easy for me to manipulate that light to be more healthy. What's really cool is they have non-prescription, prescription, prescription, and readers with free worldwide shipping. And they also have an epic service where you can send in your own frames, which is awesome. So you could get some old sunglasses that you still like the frames of and turn them magically into blue blockers. So go to blueblocks.com, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, use the code LIFESTYLIST and save 15% off. And while you're protecting your eyes and your sleep, you might as well pick up a Remedy sleep mask while you're there. It's a really cool sleep mask that's 100% blackout, has zero eye pressure, and complete darkness also with worldwide shipping. So if you're going to protect your sleep with the blue blockers, you might as well get the eye masks too. They're really great for travel because, you know, when you go to hotels, no matter how hard you try, there's always some damn light that snakes through. And I hate that. So I love the Remedy Sleep Mask for that. So again, go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 15%. Today's your lucky day because in this episode, we're going to teach you how to fix your digestion. That's right. If you know anything about health at all, you know health begins in the gut, including your mental health, by the way, you nuts. Uh, so we're going to talk to two of the biggest experts on gut health in the world, and that would be Wade Lightheart and Matt Galant from BioOptimizers. But before we get into this amazing interview, I want to invite you to join my newsletter. Why would you want to get on another newsletter? Well, because mine is awesome, and I never spam you. What you're going to get is an email from me every Tuesday, complete with time-stamped show notes, every single link we talk about in each episode and a link to the full transcript of every conversation. That's pretty awesome. Me and my team have really stepped up our game in 2020 to make the show notes very robust and thorough. To get on this amazing newsletter list, here's what you do. Go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. That's lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. If you want to get fancy pants and just shoot me a text, that's even easier if you have a U.S. phone. So open your text app right now. Go ahead. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. You got it open? All right, here's what you do. Text this number, 44222. That's 44222. And in the body of the text, just put the word lifestylist, all one word. It's that easy. And you're going to be on my email list every Tuesday. I'm going to say, hey, what's up? Here's today's episode. Here's all the show notes. Here's the audio link, the video link, and we're done. You're going to love it, I promise. And guess what? If you don't, there's this magic little button that I'm very fond of uh, called unsubscribe and you're done. You're gone forever. You will never hear from me ever again. That's what's up. But seriously, LukeStory.com forward slash newsletter. In this conversation with, uh, with these amazing guys, we go over the results of some of my recent gut biome labs and I get some very shocking truths about my situation and then some Really great advice on how to fix it, but you know, being the health advocate that I am, I mean, I'm pretty committed. I was actually kind of shocked to find out that uh, in ways my gut is kind of jacked up and it's not all about me, but it informs you about some of the things you might look for when you go get your gut biome testing done. And uh, I'll just say to get that testing done, um, you have to have a pretty uh, strong stomach because it involves FedExing your poop across the country and uh, it's not pretty. But the results are amazing. And if you talk to a couple experts like these guys, you can find out what's going on inside you and you can fix it. Here's a few of the things we talk about. This is a very in-depth episode, so I'm going to rattle off a few of these, but just know there's, there's actually even way more. So make sure you listen uh, through the end. We talk about the role of different enzymes in digestion, how systemic enzymes differ from digestive enzymes, the power of serapeptase for removing scar tissue in your body, rectal enzyme implants and why they work best. I know, right? But it's true. The secret of making protein smoothies build even more muscle, the hidden causes of heartburn, hiatal hernias and how to fix them, how HCL or hydrochloric acid kills sushi parasites, and how to use baking soda to determine what your HCL level is. And the one probiotic that cures food poisoning in just 30 minutes. Spore-based probiotics versus other types. What makes some probiotics live and some die when you eat them? How to get rid of fungal and bacterial infections? The power of rectal ozone, something I've been using a lot during this current uh, viral pandemic. What causes leaky gut and the fastest way to fix it? Then we find out if taking binders like charcoal and clay actually cleanse the gut. And are fermented foods and drinks a waste of time or beneficial to digestion? Finally, we pose the question, is this bone broth thing really legit or is it just a fad? And whether or not colonics are good for you, and if so, what is the best type? So as you can see, we cover a lot in this episode. I was super stoked to sit down with these guys. They're a lot of fun and just extremely knowledgeable. I'm guessing that by the end of this conversation, you're going to want to check out some of their products. Their company, again, is called Buy Optimizers. You can go to buyoptimizers.com forward slash Luke and use Luke20 for 20% off some of their amazing digestion products. That's buyoptimizers.com forward slash Luke. Get yourself 20% off. What the hell? Use the code Luke20. All right, now let's get down to the gut level in this power-packed conversation with Matt and Wade. Enjoy the show and don't forget to share it with a friend. All right, dudes, welcome to the show. Great Great to be be here. here. Here with Wade and Matt. Let's do this. We've been working on this recording for a while now. Where do you you guys live in Canada? Well, I'm uh, in Vancouver for... A grand total of two more weeks, and I will be moving down to Venice Beach, California. Oh, Just you secured and all the house today, dude! Nice, good for you. You and all the other wellness people. I'm the only holdout that still lives in the Hollywood area. <laughs> You've transcended to the mountain
2: where we have to come up to see you. Right? I
1: have. This is this is like a Himalayan cave up here. <laughs> yeah. If we have time, I'll show you the Zen Den. That's my real like man. Oh, cave up I'm there. excited about that. Yeah, that's where I have the biocharger and the sauna and the juve and all the all Beautiful. the things. You know, it. I love it. I spend a lot more time up there. So, um, um,
0: yeah, I'm Canadian, but I escaped yeah. the cold and the taxes and moved to Panama 15 years ago. Are you serious? Yeah. You live in Panama? Mm-hmm. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually just celebrated my 15th year anniversary a couple
1: days ago. Expat vibes. Mm-hmm. And you got the hookup on the, uh, on the cultured, uh, stem cells down there too. That's it. That's Have you best. ever done it? I haven't, uh, gone to see them yet.
0: Um, no, so there's the
1: the guy from what I understand. I it's forget the, his name. It's the place
0: they do a lot of stuff there that legally they can't do in other countries. Yeah. So if you got serious medical issues, like, you know they have heart protocol stuff like that. It's probably the best place to go if you're looking more for joints or IVs. Then you have a lot more
1: options. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. I didn't realize that. Well, I'm glad we caught you guys uh, stateside here, and we're gonna jump right in and stay super focused. So tell me how you guys get into uh digestion in the first place
2: yeah well oh uh,
1: you know it's always
2: trying to solve a problem so i i competed at the Mr Universe contest and at the time i was trying to adapt the meat eater's mentality in a bodybuilding performance diet to compete at the Mr Universe on a plant-based diet without drugs and that's a very tall order and no one was doing this this is back in 2003 so there was no plant-based performance guys or any of that stuff starting to change now. And I was trying to, we were kind of figuring it out. And after the Mr. Universe contest, I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. I literally, you know, I was able to kind of do the performance protocol at the expense of my health. And Matt will kind of talk about how we've kind of reframed of how to, what is is the optimized or biologically optimized person. But I uh, had an opportunity to meet a doctor, Michael O'Brien, and he was a phenomenal NVIDIA person i mean he was in his 70s and he was just so vibrant and he had so much energy and he could look right through and, and i went to him and i said i don't understand i said look i've got spartan discipline i'm doing everything i'm supposed to be i've went to the what i call the cosmetic idea of which is really what bodybuilding is it's creating the external cosmetic perfect level of perfection and i said and i'm a physical wreck uh you know what happened and he said to me wait You've learned to build the body from the outside in, but you haven't learned how to build the body from the inside out. And what you've been doing has wrecked your digestion. Most people, it's, you know, later on, but I just got there faster because I was pushing so hard. And I said, well, what do I need to do? And he says, you need to completely rebuild your digestive system. And in order to do that, I was going to have to take what I call therapeutic dosages of enzymes and probiotics and minerals and all these sort of different things. And um, I did it. And it and it transformed my life. It worked, and not only that, I was able to take that and expand upon it. And, and Matt and I mentored under him, and went. I remember we went to their lectures, and we we're just like, we we have to do this. This is kind of our our dharma, and uh, we got started in that, and and haven't looked back since two thousand and four.
0: And one one of the most useful frameworks that he gave us, which to us we're we're still using is that the workers in the body are the enzymes of the probiotics. So all these materials, whether it's amino acids, fatty acids, glucose, vitamins, and minerals, they're the building blocks. And you just shared this metaphor. If you imagine you're building a home, you've got the finest materials in the world, but there's nobody to put it together, nothing's happening. You know, Enzymes do 25,000 different things in the body. So if you're not producing enough enzymes and you don't have enough... Of the right gut flora, then you're not able to disassemble and reassemble amino acids in the body. Because you know, if you think about you know the seven thousand peptides that activate all these different functions in our bodies, these are just amino acids that your body is combining. But <clears throat> if you eating the, the the best protein source in the world, if you can't break that down,
1: it, it's it's actually becomes a toxin,
0: which we can talk about later
1: oh you know what's not on my list that i want to ask you guys if let me just ask you right now because i don't have my pen uh, to, to do it for later do you think that uh paying attention to food combining is legit <laughs> the second guy to ask us that today yeah because i i don't i don't know if it's like a, a nocebo thing where mm-hmm. i got that belief system in my subconscious and then when i eat certain foods together it wrecks my gut and i have heartburn and all these problems uh but i know some people that can eat like you know, bacon and eggs and then drink a big orange juice on top of it in the morning and they're rocking and feel great. If Mm -hmm. I mix any kind of sugar or fruit, if I eat that after I eat carbs or protein or fat, it wrecks me. And so I don't know if that's because I believe that, you know what I'm saying? Mm And it's like my body's going, oh, we're just following what you believe to be true. Or if that is, is that a thing? Because different foods digest at different rates of speed, right? Like obviously if you have some ice cream that's going to run through you or a peach, Faster than a big old ribeye is what, what are your take on uh, on mixing you know carbs proteins, fats, sugars, et cetera, together well i've I've thought about this a lot, um,
2: particularly because it's you know you really get into diet and food even you know my background from the bodybuilding and nutrition and, and if you look at nature, nature combines proteins, fats, and carbohydrates in almost every single food that it makes in different ratios the The challenge that we're facing today is we set a definition of food, which is very incomplete. And there was consequences to that on mass. Cause you have to understand it's not just about what's happening. And so I'm going to go macro first, and then we're going to go micro. The macro situation is starvation and calorie insufficiency was a major problem up until 60, 70 years ago in industrialized worlds. We went to monoculture production and we went to um, massive food distribution. And the advantages of that, we solved the caloric and nutrient component of that. But our definition of food did not account for what was the protein content, what was the fatty acid content, what was the phytonutrient content, what was the enzyme content, what were the probiotics that were naturally occurring. That Most of that stuff was washed out. And so what happens is your food that you're eating today, for most people, is nothing like any of our ancestors have eaten uh, you know, outside of two gen- the last couple of generations. And so what happens, and then you add on to all the chemicalization and industrialization and civilization components that we're, we're adding all these other elements that interfere the natural conversion pathways of converting your food into what I call electrons. I mean, if you're talking from an energy pathway, we're all living on etron- electrons and your ability to convert into energy units and into building blocks is going to determine how well you digest food. Now, if you have a compromised digestive system, let's say you have a compromised lipase pathway. That's lipase is the enzymatic pathway that breaks down fats. If you have that and you combine, say, fats with carbohydrates, chances are you're going to have a problem. You're going to be metabolizing the carbohydrates, you're not going to be metabolizing the fats. It's going to be interactions. It's not going to work right. If you have a dysbiosis in your bacteria culture, some foods are going to be inflammatory, some are not. And the more that you put in combination, the more likelihood that you're going to run into a problem. So this is the kind of situation that people are faced with. And generally what happens is people get into dietary strategies or pattern, and there's a benefit to reduction-based uh, strategies, which most diets start there, whether they're moving to a cleansing diet or a raw food diet or a vegetarian diet, or maybe they're going to a keto diet, depending on their genetics and epigenetics and which one's going to do better. The reality is, is people mistake the change or the elimination with the benefit. They, there's a benefit from re- from reducing the inflammatory components or the, the compromised things, but there's you can only reduce yourself to a certain amount. It's like you, you, you can't budget your way to become a billionaire. You, you, you know, getting budgetary control is a great idea, but at some point you've got to spend time, energy, in expanding your capacity. And when you're talking about digestion, I would say that, if, well, just look at the facts. 12% of the society today, or 12% of the emergency hospital visits right now are gastrointestinal-related illnesses. 25% of the population is on prescription medications for digestive related conditions and a third of americans today are suffering from some form of digestive distress on any given day of the week so what we're talking about here is the collective food strategy that we've embraced in the westernized world has benefits but also severe consequences which are passed on generationally and the reality is is um Food combining makes sense in a compromise situation for some people for some time, but ultimately, we're into optimization. We're into how do you create dietary flexibility that you could be successful on virtually any kind of diet, that you can have the tools to deal with any kind of meal, and then that you, through testing and optimization, that you're able to figure out the components that are going to allow you to just rock and convert anything into the energy and some building blocks that you want. That's the ultimate goal, flexibility. So that's what we're all about. And and I know it's kind of a roundabout answer, but I, I think yeah. sometimes you can you can get too narrow it's and not, not understand the big picture. Because if you don't see the big picture, you're just going through a maze and you continue to get lost on strategies or philosophies that are, are I would say, that are limiting as opposed to expanding.
0: Here, here's the great news though. First of all, yeah, uh, eating a lot of... I'll talk about the tests that we're really big fans of to really optimize your diet, whatever type of diet you're doing. But you can hack the digestive process using enzymes, hydrochloric acids, and probiotics. So even if you, know, you want to eat whatever you want to eat, those will allow you to not have digestive distress. So I do like a massive calorie days every Sunday. I'm keto the rest of the week. And I eat about 6,000 calories, which is a lot of food. And I eat pretty much whatever I want. It's not a a clean day. And I have very close to zero digestive distress because I use those tools, which we can get more into later. But what we're big fans of on the optimization side, one is using Viome data to look at the strains you have and then you know looking at the superfood list and the foods to avoid list and shifting more of your diet to that. So to give you an example, um, I do usually a super salad once a week and it's all foods that are in the superfood category. So arugula, watercress, salmon, blueberries. From
1: your Viome From my Viome. And by the way, guys, what he's talking about is a particular gut test. Uh, We had Naveen Jane on the show a while ago and um, you can get the Viome test at lookstroy.com forward slash store. little plug there, but it's very useful because it's like, it gives you the foods that are optimized for your particular yeah. gut and it, which aren't, which was interesting because and sorry to divert you, but I just want to give this insight. When I got the test, I was expecting like, oh shit, what if I what if I can't have burgers anymore, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever I didn't want to give up? And it's like my Viome results were exactly what I like to eat anyway. Yeah. There were very few things on there that I you know, wanted to eat and shouldn't and and vice versa. There weren't things that were recommended that I hate. It was so interesting. It's like my body kind of knows. I
0: had a similar result, like like chicken. It's never sat well with me and it was like, don't eat chicken. Arugula and watercress were things that, like I always preferred that over normal lettuce and romaine and whatever. Those were my superfoods. But what's amazing if, when I eat that super salad, which is like oh, literally like two pounds weight, and I are big fans of big ass salads, uh, my body just incinerates it. Like almost nothing comes out and my weight will actually drop. So that's, that's because the, the probiotics, going back to the workers, when it hits that part of the intestine, they just start literally feasting. So that's one of our, our favorite tools. you know, doing a food sensitivity test like Cyrex and obviously eliminating foods that stress your body is is another great idea, and the other one is nutrigenomics because you know that that's a big deal. For an example, like coconut oil, which is very popular in keto and and other diets, um, I got triglycer- my triglycerides tested. I was over two hundred, which is pretty high. And then I was doing muscle testing and figured out okay, it's the coconut oil. Pretty much eliminated out of my diet, and then I, I went down to ninety five. So for me, which makes sense, you know I'm, I'm from Canada. I've got European genetics, like coconuts have not been part of the culture versus I live in Panama now and my wife, you know, she was born eating coconuts and it doesn't have a an, an issue. So there are genes that allow us to eat more saturated fats or, or eat plants and convert the plants into usable omega-3s et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So nutrigenomics is another tool to really optimize
1: your diet. And is that a test that someone can order? Do you need to go through a functional medicine doctor and all that?
0: I mean, I I have no doubt that in the next couple of years, these tests will be commercially available. But yeah, we have someone that we work with that probably the best we're we're aware of as far as, you know, she's incredibly smart and spent maybe a thousands of hours at this point uh, studying all the mutations and it's
1: it's not easy to do, even if you know your stuff. So that's who we use. Oh, cool, awesome. So in essence, to the food combining thing, it's like if your digestion is optimized and you're shredding food like your body is meant to, it's not that big of a deal. So fifteen thousand years ago, if I you know dig up some wild leeks and go smoke a raccoon or something eat them together with some wild rice not a problem but if you've been eating glyphosate and exactly you know fruit loops your whole childhood and and, you know all that then you're not gonna i think that's you know it's interesting because when i ignore the food combining rules that i kind of have in place for myself if i chug a bunch of enzymes and hcl like the the ones you guys make um then it's pretty good yeah but i need that boost Because my body's like, fuck you. This is too much at once. Well, you know, I find it's
2: (laughs) ironic too. If you go back to uh, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, he said, all disease begins in the gut. Right. You know, 2,500 years. How he knew that information, I'm not sure exactly. well, He was
0: probably looking at the people around him and <laughs> probably noticing some gut challenges back then. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's interesting yeah. also the let food be thy medicine and mm-hmm. medicine be thy food thing. But as I've heard you guys say on other interviews that I've heard you on, uh, it's not about the food you're eating. It's what you actually assimilate. And I think that's so confusing to so many people like me that at at different times, your diet is super clean, whether you're vegan, paleo, carnivore, whatever, like you're eating really good food in whatever category suits you and you're still sick. You know, it's like, what the hell is going on? And I think that's why I really wanted to do a show just like zero in on this digestion issue.
0: Well, one of the things that will really, I mean, it can literally kill you is undigested proteins that's an allergic reaction is a protein that your body cannot break down and your immune system says whoa that's a threat and you know I mean I say it can kill you so you know we're obviously amino acids what creates our neurotransmitters or peptides or muscle you know it's what repairs your body um, of course fatty acids are really important as well these are really the two main nutrients that r- builds our body as far as the inside out of course carbs we use for energy if you're if you're a carbivore like like weight is but unless that nutrient is broken down and passes through the intestinal tract like it it, it's not used it just ends up in the toilet or again worse creates inflammation and other problems so you got to break your
1: food down what's the deal with the different types of enzymes and i know we could have like a whole five hour show just on <laughs> enzymes and the 25,000 things that they do in your body and all of that. But at different times, I've explored all kinds of different companies that make enzymes. And at one point I got really into these uh, systemic enzymes, mm-hmm. particularly this brand called Wobe Enzyme yep. that are like bovine pancreas and just all these pretty potent animal derivatives. I think they're originally from Germany. And yep. I started using that for pain in my body and just inflammation. So I'd take like Thirty or forty of those tablets with just a huge glass of water, and all of a sudden, no back pain. I'm more flexible. My joints, tendons, ligaments are real happy. Um, And then I found also I could take them on top of a really heavy meal, and it helped with digestion. And then at one point, I got into uh, serapeptase. Yep. uh, Because I'm, you know, again, I'm always working on joint mobility and things like that. And I would do serapeptase. Rectal uh, infusions, wow. where you take like basically—is up- that—is that for tight ass? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> serapeptase ca- like empty out like twenty <laughs> serapeptase capsules into a, like a you know a quarter of a glass of water, and then take basically what's like a giant syringe or turkey based based or kind of thing, and poof, up the old. Uh, well, and and then that would, would help with pain and stuff. So it's a, it, I, enzymes mm. seem to have like this anti-inflammatory. Effect, but also help you with digestion. So I don't know, kind of unpack all the different types of enzymes and what they do if you can.
0: Well, and back to the, all the ones you mentioned, they're mostly proteolytic enzymes. And just, so the main three categories is is amylases, which breaks down carbs into glycogen, the lipases, which we looked at some of your interesting gut results, which we can talk about because you seem to have some lipase challenges. And those break down the fats into fatty acids. And then there's the proteases, which breaks the protein down to aminos. And almost all the enzymes you just mentioned are, are proteolytic. So it goes back to what I was saying that, you know, the inflammation could be caused by undigested proteins that are floating around. And the serapeptase actually breaks down fibrin. Which is scar tissue, which helps with the mobility. Which you know, we're all building scar tissue to different degrees as, as we get older. Um, and you know, there's, there's, I mean, literally thousands and thousands of enzymes that do very specific things. If you can't break down lactose, for example, there's lactase, and, and so on and so forth. If you can't break down cellulose, there's cellulase.
1: Um,
0: so what we did—that's me- interesting,
1: because like- I think. Uh- you know, on the plant-based diet, I did not do well uh, because I was eating tons of uh, cellulose and and mm-hmm. uh, you know legumes and things like that. Yeah. It just wrecked me because I couldn't. Yeah, you, you I couldn't need, digest it.
2: You need cellulose or hemicellulase. Oh, okay. or the, the, these type of products that are de- uh, designed to break down the fiber, which typically would have been. Present in the foods if we had got them in a natural normal state. It goes back to the whole food production food distribution model. Got it. So which that's, is
1: which is essentially why we need products like yours and others yeah. to kind of prop ourselves up. Like going, I always go back to pre-agriculture most of the shit that we're doing in biohacking and kind of health enthusiasts wouldn't have been necessary because you used to be living off the land and you're golden Mm -hmm. for the most Mm -hmm. part, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back, back to, you were on a good track there, um, with the, the various enzymes and what they do.
0: So yeah, so what we did with, with mass times are 17 different enzymes, but you know, because we're, you know, Wade's a natural bodybuilding champion and, and I've been into, building muscle for a long time, we, we wanted to focus on the protease, again, because we know the the power of amino acids from a, from a muscle-building perspective, from a health perspective, and even from an anti-aging perspective. I don't know if you've read Longevity Code. Um, yeah, it came out not that long ago. And the, the theory is that what's killing centenarians and supercentenarians is actually protein accumulation in the cells, and the cells just stop working. So, in our opinion, and going back to fasting, you know, one of the things that will accelerate the effects and the benefits of fasting is taking a massive amount of proteolytic enzymes, which, you know, you call them systemic. Any proteolytic enzyme
1: you take in without food will go in and start cleaning house. So, and, and I just want to interrupt there so I understand this. So, something like peptase, whether you're being a normal person and swallowing it or being a weirdo and putting it up your wazoo, um, you know, how does that actually, when it you say it eats scar tissue, because that's why I was taking it, it, does it get in your blood? And then, okay, mm-hmm. so your blood transports it into all of the different, you know, into your muscles and mm-hmm. anywhere, I guess, like under your fascia and starts just knowingly, it just knows how to kind of get well, in and work on stuff?
2: I really want to talk about, like, I'm glad you brought this up because- I think a lot of people don't actually understand what an enzyme is. Yeah, me either. (laughs) Okay. And it's a very, enzymes are the difference between the living and the dead. The difference between stones, plants, and people. Enzymes are catalysts, which means they accelerate processes inside of your body. Also, there's a, Foundational principle in orthomolecular nutrition, the treatment of disease or disorder through nutrition.
1: That, oh, where, Linus Pauling. Uh, yeah, Dr. Hoffer, Abraham, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dr. Abram, all, all those guys, and yeah. our boy Hawkins. Yeah, have yeah. you ever read the paper? I never uh, find it. Yeah, no, actually got the book. The Hawkins and, I, I, I and Linus Pauling. I got the Paulingham. actual
2: book with the stuff and how they were figuring this stuff out in the 70s. Uh, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, the, the collective intellectual horsepower yeah, of those was, guys is just was, really, really far out. There I was got a lot that of book. There. It was obscure <laughs> to get. You might be able to find one on Amazon used books somewhere, some dusty place, and some, <laughs> you know, somebody finds in a university. But going back to the enzyme situation is, is uh, Dr. Edward Howell, and I recommend everybody just go get the book "Enzyme Nutrition" or "Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity" if you want a little bit more uh, more of the studies and research and stuff. He demonstrated that the life. The life expectancy, the, the, the total life of, a, of a, any organisms was directly and in inversely correlated with the amount of enzymes present in that organism. So take a person that's two people. Let's say you had two twins. And one person lives a really healthy lifestyle. And another person starts doing excessive drug use. Well, how does your body get rid of these drugs? It starts burning up its enzymatic Use And you'll take those two people, which will age completely differently because of the exhaust rate of the enzymatic potential of of the, the drug user versus the person who is preserving their enzymes through a healthier lifestyle. And I do believe this is one of the reasons why fasting is so effective. And the one thing they seem to be correlated with people who live a long time is they eat less than regular people. And digestion takes a massive amount of these enzymes in order to break down because we're the only species on the planet that does not eat their food in a raw food state for the most period of time. Tiger knocks down a zebra, eats the enzymes, eats the entrails where the enzymes and the probiotics are, then eats the carcass. A horse or a cow will go out and find the, the, the most, like try and get all the sprouts, which is the most enzymatically rich. Fruit. A bear will eat blueberries raw, it'll eat salmon raw. Now, the and this goes back to the definition of food. Oh, interesting. So right?
1: enzymes are present in animal foods in the in right. the organs.
2: Right. And as uh, well okay. as well as when you pull out a carrot, it would not just have the enzymes present in, it in its richest form. It also have the bacteria on it. It's just you know take the we take the carrot out of my mom's garden and we dust it off and we eat it.
0: And for some reason it tastes better. I was just like my dad, my dad plants a huge like almost one acre garden and I don't know. There's just there's actually a flavor almost like my bo- my brain is saying, "Wow." Correct. This is a better carrot than even if when they clean it and put it in the fridge and I eat the same carrot when it's clean. I don't know, the, the probiotics are, are telling my brain, wow, this is really good for you. Well, when yeah, you put, that once that sense.
2: carrot dies, okay, its enzymatic potential starts to diminish. If a seal is being eaten by a killer whale, there's, a, there's an enzyme present in all living beings called cathaspin that's released once that seal decides and it starts to break down. Now, the whale gets all the enzyme potential of that seal, just like the horse gets the enzyme potential. So there's a replenishment, and that's part of the definition of food. We've stripped away the enzymes because what happens when you radiate food, it has a longer shelf life, and shelf life is important for the food distribution component. When you add mineral or I mean, mineral deficient soils and you add nitrogen fertilizers and things like chemical fertilizers, you grow food that diminishes the protein content because the protein is now being converted into enzymes in order to sustain that particular Species of food. And over time, you know, in 1900, US Congress had wheat that was, you know, 90% protein, and now it's less than 7%. In fact, other countries oftentimes will refuse American wheat products because of the nutrient is not the same quality as if you get food. And then everybody's gone to Italy and eaten all this pasta and said, I don't have the same thing as I have when I'm here. And that's just largely because we have the most sophisticated food production and distribution component, but the definition of what food is or what quality food is is so 1950s that we've got to upgrade and if you're into optimizing your health if you're into optimizing your diet if you're into anti-aging and high performance and aesthetics which we're all kind of into you have to recognize is that you need to redefine what food is and enzymes need to be a critical component of that because your potential i mean i went on a raw food diet and i saw all these raw foodies who would get better from from uh restriction eating you know but they weren't able to rebuild their, their enzymatic pool. And any enzyme, and going back to molecular, because I'm kind of circling around here, but when you take high dosages of vitamin C, at a certain point, you'll get a runs. If you take high doses of magnesium, you get the runs. And, and as biohackers, you kind of, you go to that dosage and then you titrate down. To, I always call it the bucket theory. You have a burn rate in the bucket. And if, but if you're only running a small bucket, then you're running out, but you want to fill the bucket up and then you only have to add as much, as you're burning. And if you burn more, you add more. And if you burn less, you need less. And so this whole enzyme thing is so powerful and so transformative for people they understand of optimizing their diet because that is literally the catalyst that is going to allow you to convert it. And then inside the body, if you don't use the enzymes for digestion, guess what? You don't get the runs. I've taken up to a thousand capsules a day to see if I could break the GI barrier and never did. And the enzymes are actually being absorbed and then transported into being systemic enzymes. I'll give you a small story and we'll turn so it over to Matt. So, if you
1: take a, a larger uh, load or, or dose of enzymes than is needed to digest the food, then those inherently just the extra goes into the correct. the other uh, anti inflammatory, the chewing up of You're, scar tissue, all this kind of stuff. Correct. And the, I'll the give pr- you
0: an, the proteases. Yeah, the, yeah, okay. the proteases. So I'll it. give you an example.
2: Uh, I had a friend of mine, she had a, uh, a, a very, very thick. Scar. She had a spider bite that created an necrosis and started eating her skin. It was very terrible, and she ended up with this giant scar. It was about three inches long and probably a half inch thick. And she was someone that did silks and you know all that acrobatic stuff. And it gotten so bad that she wasn't able to get shoulder rotation. And so normally people would take something like serrapeptase, which is a great product and stuff. And I said, I don't. Know, let's. This is an interesting experience. Let's let's start giving you mass times on an empty stomach. So we'd give her five enzymes, and within 15 minutes, the scar would get red and start to itch. And I'm like, this is fascinating. So we did, we did this two times a day uh, over the period of nine months, and she was taking digestive, or digestive enzymes well, but the, the, particularly when we were taking on an empty stomach, we'd see this response. Now, obviously, she, she was very responsive, and in nine months, the scar completely went flat, the coloration returned to the normalness of her skin so much that her three-year-old daughter, she was holding her three-year-old daughter and her three-year-old daughter goes, mommy, your scar is gone. And that was proof in the real world that I got to watch of the effects of proteolytic, high quality proteolytic enzymes, which are generally used for digestion, be converted into a systemic enzyme, therefore providing... Um, benefits outside of that. And of course, now the research shows about recovery factors and the healing of contusions and the acceleration of healing when people are supplementing with high quality cultured enzymes. And so there's different types of enzymes, plant-based enzymes, animal-based enzymes, uh, food-based enzymes, and then there's cultured enzymes. And cultured enzymes are going to be anywhere from a hundred to a thousand times more potent than a regular enzyme. And that's why there's such a disparity between, uh, you know, you'll go to Whole Foods and you'll see one set of enzymes that's 10 bucks and another one that's a hundred. And it says amylase, protease, and lipase. Well, what's the difference? And it's because a lot of companies are taking advantage that the consumer is not sophisticated under- to understand what is a quality product going to get the job done because there's nothing more expensive than a product that doesn't work. And that's why I think some people said, I've tried enzyme and didn't feel anything. Well, what enzyme did you try? How did you use it? And what's your current goals? So it's always a determining factor.
1: If that type of enzyme uh, that we were just talking about is breaking down proteins and then allowing you to extract uh, amino acids from the protein, which is kind of the whole point of eating protein, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, how do enzymes play into minerals? You know, I find it fascinating how you know while well, we have a plant in the room, so which doesn't get as much sun. I'm sorry plant, you're going to have to live off the blue light of the studio light. <laughs> but you have, you know, you have your your microbiome in the soil, right? And then the microbiome, this is my kind of Flintstonian understanding of it, the microbiome is eating rocks, which are minerals, right? And it's making it bioavailable to the plant. And then the plant has this enzymatic process that makes those minerals or electrolytes kind of units of energy, I guess you could say in a crude way. And please absolutely correct me if I'm wrong on any point of this. And then we either eat that plant and then there's enzymes in there to help us assimilate that energy and those minerals, or an animal eats that and then we eat that animal. Mm -hmm. But we're kind of like, we're getting the, the, the photonic energy from the sun, right? The electrons from the sun that are going into the plant or the animal in whatever order. And then we're getting the rocks or minerals and another form of energy coming from the soil how do enzymes play into the mineral part of it and did i get that process right at all
2: yeah here's the here's here's the channel you need enzymes to get your protein protein to get your minerals minerals to get your vitamins
1: oh shit that's the pathway that's way so, more confusing than i thought <laughs> so, so
2: so so my oversimplification well, of the no, process there, no you're actually you're on track with that about okay. the process because essentially the plant is digesting essential elements for us through humic and fulvic acid is the mechanism that is breaking that stuff ah, down. Okay. And that's why that's such a popular supplement uh, for people who are in the biohacking community
1: that want to optimize. Um, this is why my body likes Sheila so correct. Much. correct. I put it in my coffee every day. I love yeah. that stuff. 100%.
0: So, and the minerals are involved in a lot of enzymatic processes. Mm -hmm. Magnesium, magnesium, and I mean, I mean, all of them to different degrees are involved in, including the trace minerals, which we're big fans of. So, you know, it it is part of the whole of the twenty five thousand enzymatic processes and reactions that are happening as we're speaking. You know, from thinking to blinking to moving my arms. You know, there's minerals that are part of that.
1: Interesting. Okay, I'm loving this. This is such good stuff. Uh, something that I recently learned from uh, uh, John Gray, who most people learn about how to have a good relationship from John Gray, and he's, he's great he's, at that. He's
0: one of us, right? He's a biohacker.
1: Yeah, he is. He is, and he's really he's really into targeted supplementation. And uh, I was just spent some time with him, uh, just hanging out up in Marin recently, and he was like, "Dude, I discovered like the holy grail of." Um, protein assimilation and he said what you do and i think he makes a product that's like some kind of whey protein or something that has enzymes in it but i just kind of hacked it and i use your enzymes where you make like a i don't even know how many grams of goddamn protein bone broth protein collagen gelatin whatever i have them all so i take that six egg yolks and then i'll take a bunch of your enzymes and blend it up in there you know empty the capsules out and then put it in the refrigerator for like an hour Am I on the right track here with like pre-digesting kind of 100%. I pictured it like a bird chewing up the food and then regurgitating into the little chick's mouth, you know, making it's, it it's, easy to it's digest. one of my favorite
0: hacks and, and especially for uh if you're working out. Cause you know, when you're working out, as soon as you you lift and actually like as soon as you finish, your body wants to start repairing the muscle. Um, I mean, we know that a lot of the repair happens the 48, 72 hours after that, but it's kind of an instant response. And there is research that's shown that you can get more gains if you're getting amino acids in real time. And that's, you know, we all know that BCAA is our popular supplement, but the hack is exactly what you just said, except I wouldn't put it in the fridge because, you know, Ah, the, the, the speed of the enzymatic process is directly correlated to temperature. And that's why when you get sick, your body's increasing the temperature of your body. And for each degree, it doubles the enzymatic activity. So it, as your body gets sick, you're like, okay, let's increase enzymatic activity to try to, to heal. And that's why your temperature goes up. So if you pull it out of the fridge, like within within usually 30 minutes, you'll you'll taste the change go from protein to amino acids, which is a very different flavor. Yeah, it does not,
1: you know, my little formula does not taste great. So I I don't (laughs) recommend it for anyone that's like wanting a nice vanilla, you know, kind of, it also turns it very watery. Yeah. It's just like, it'll get viscous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It'll be just like a brown, it looks like. Like, it looks like a stout. Yeah. It looks like a pint of stout <laughs> after I'm done with it, where it was the super creamy, like thick milkshake kind of consistency yeah, when I first blended. it. Blend it. Yeah. You see all
0: these little bubbles and chemical reactions, basically. It's, it's interesting, But we, yeah. why don't you share the experiment we did in Panama um, y- using that concoction? <laughs> yeah, so
2: we wanted to, so, you know, Matt and I will cook up a theory and we're like, all right, well, let's go test it, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it's a disaster. But we always learn. And so we just said, Well, what's a workout that we couldn't possibly do? Can we accelerate recovery rate off? And it was like, Well, doing a three hundred set workout with every set to failure is kind of crazy. You know, the average workout maybe be anywhere between fifteen to and the high on the low low end to maybe 30 in
1: a 30 big day. 30 in a big day. You know what I mean? Mine's like eight. I use yeah, the, I used I the right? X X three bar. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. I use like the thickest band I can. And it's like, yeah. Depending on the movement, which is only five or six movements, I'll get to like eight or ten and I'm smoked. So we were like, okay,
2: this is verifiable. We're gonna be in a lot of pain if we try and do this, if we can yeah. complete it. So we we went at it and what we did is we concocted up our protein shakes, blended up the uh massimes and some p through. I'm actually with it as well. And then went to the gym and we sipped these drinks while we went through this insane workout. And we, I, I remember an hour and a half in, we're looking at each other and like, this is, feel this good. doesn't feel too bad. Right. Yeah. We get like two and a half hours and it's like, Hey, we still feel pretty good. And we got three hours and it was like, okay, we get it. We got our 300 cents. It's was pretty awesome. And it was just relentless. And what was interesting is we like, okay, well now we did that. We are going, we might not be able to walk tomorrow, right? Like like we, we felt we're going to be in a whole world of hurt. And I remember waking up the next day and I wasn't sore. And I was like, okay, did something happen? is like the soreness coming tomorrow is like the
1: boogeyman or whatever. But uh, yeah. Cre- it was, cre- it was, we call that creeper soreness. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and there was a fellow by the name of, I think it was Dr. De Pasquale that, had, that said that he used to use... Uh, specific amino acids before the workout, during the workout and after the workout, because he wanted to create certain repair pathways. And he's, he was the guy that kind of said, you start repairing instantly from, from that workout. And if you can provide those nutrients concordant to working out, uh, that would work. Now, just si- sipping a protein shake without those probably wouldn't work that well because now you're going to suck on your, your, your own enzymatic reserves. You need the external enzymes in order to get the, the, the lift.
1: But but you just but- answered my next question, which would be like, do because I'll also I'll also put extra amino acids in there too, you know, just because why sure, not? Why not? But I never know, like, should I drink that before I go lift or during it, it, after it, it, intro workout? You can start
0: before and keep sipping throughout, so that again, you you don't want to overload the stomach because you don't have that much blood flow there, and it's just going in. So you want to kind of time it as you're sipping through and by almost the end of it. You you've drank your concoction. So it's, yeah, it's a great hack. It really works well.
1: That's cool. I love that. Well John John Gray man. You know here's here's another
0: hack too for those of you that might only have access to cheap cuts of meat. Um you can use mouseimes and pre-digest the steak. So you you break you take your steak, you you put the capsule on it And break it open, break the caps open. Yeah, Yeah, put the cap on it, it won't work. (laughs) Uh, Put the powder, blend it, you know, just to spread it and wait, depending how much pre digestion you want, you know, an hour to two hours. And you'll actually see like it'll start to dissolve the meat, but it's a great hack if you wanna make cheap cuts of meat be more tender.
1: Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Does it make them, uh, the amino acids or, you know, the proteins any more bioavailable? Like once you cook it, is it easier <laughs> to digest or is it just a trick to make it not so tough? It's
0: more of a trick to make it. Tender. Okay. Oh, yeah. interesting. Wow, I mean, and, cool. and, you know, some people that are cooks, they'll use uh, pineapple,
1: which has bromelain oh, to do the same right. trick
0: or, or papaya. So right. it's, uh,
1: it's just science. And what causes heartburn guys? Cause when, you know, as we were talking, we always have these like deeper, more private conversations before the mics are on, but you know, it's no secret that I did uh, experiment a bit with opiates uh, back in my former life. And when I did that, my digestion just stopped uh, after a few years of those shenanigans. And I don't know that it's ever come back totally online as it would in uh, prior to that. And one thing I suffered from, from a long time was heartburn. And over the years as I've optimized. Um, It's gotten better and better, but I think many people are still very confused about the different... I'm sure there's not one cause, but the many causes of it and what you can do about it. So break down heartburn. Gas.
0: So what happens is if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid, stomach acid, or bile, the gas builds up and pushes the valve and then the fluids come up and burns. So it's, it's kind of the opposite of... It sounds counterintuitive. Hey, I'm not making enough acid. And that's why I've got acid heartburn. But basically, it's the gas that's pushing the valve, and then the liquid comes up. So, wait. You can maybe wait. You can cover the five stages of digestion because it's such a great framework to understand all each
1: part oh, cool. of it. Oh, cool. Let's do that.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, remember that it's a single canal from your mouth to your anus, and whatever dietary program that you're following. People assume that if they eat something, it's going to go into their body, but you only get what you can digest, absorb, and utilize. And if you don't do that, and as I gave you the statistics earlier, people are compromised. So the first area of digestion is taste, touch, sense, smell the food. That actually starts to prepare. Your body goes into a a, a digestive response inside the body.
1: Oh, this is the Pavlov dog. Yeah, absolutely. uh,
2: They ring the bell and the dog salivate and, and if you look at Ayurvedic philosophy, they were very into touching and t- tasting their food as a sensory experience. And what's interesting is, if you look here in America, almost the most popular foods are finger foods. Pizza, burgers, fries, people eat with their fingers and their hands, which is kind of Shrippy. fascinating because I do believe theres they're, uh, they're setting up their nervous system and they're preparing themselves to absorb the food. And it's part of the joy of that is to, it's, a, it's a much more richer sensory experience.
1: So that's the first component. (laughs) Dude, you just reminded... I know you have this down, so I'm going to do this, but you just reminded me of being in India and I had to learn the culture there. And um, oftentimes in the more rural areas, people eat with their hands, but you also um, you use I forget if it's the left or right hand you use to like clean yourself up after you yeah. you go to the <laughs> right. bathroom side. that's why they do the namaste right <laughs> yeah. so was, you know you, you gotta be careful which hand you're eating with but I thought that was so fascinating when I went to India I was like wow these what are these people Cretans but it's just like culturally in the more rural areas people are just sitting there like scooping up their food without utensils very interesting practice so yeah. Yeah. carry on to stage two yeah so then the food as you
2: masticate it which is a fancy name for chewing the food goes down the esophagus and into the what's called the upper cardiac portion of the stomach. Now, a lot of people believe that there's like a big bowl of acid sitting there waiting to break down your foods. No, that doesn't happen. Thirty to sixty minutes before the hydrochloric acid comes in. Now, in that first that time frame, that thirty-six minutes, the enzymes naturally present in the food are going to start activating in the high temperature in the in the, that environment, and. If they're not present, it doesn't happen and certain key amino acids don't get cleaved and end up uh, ended up as undigested proteins in your intestinal tract because that, that critical stage is, is, is important. When the next phase is the hydrochloric acid starts to come in and this is where the magic starts to happen. Hydrochloric acids, it's first and foremost is there to disinfect against pathogens, parasites, bacteria, viruses, things like that. That high acidic environment is designed to kill. It's a big part of our immune system. Average 40-year-old, less than 30% of the hydrochloric acid production. It's why a lot of people say, hey, I used to be able to eat pizza and beer when I'm 20. Now I'm 40 and I have pizza and beer. And I'm like, oh, I have one piece and I'm bloated. I feel like crap for two days. That's oftentimes hydrochloric acid issue.
0: Yeah, and um, Or they're getting sick all the time. Another friend of mine who's also in recovery, he's 35. He can. I don't think he's producing any stomach acid like... You know, he just gets crazy heartburn unless he's taken hydrochloric acid. So, yeah, it depends. Obviously, the lifestyle, they can just compromise some of our systems sometimes. So, I'm not surprised by what you were sharing.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so as the hydrochloric acid starts to come in, the, the second thing is it starts changing the pH of that mixture. And why that's so important is because different proteases will start to cleave and break from proteins into amino acids at different pH levels. And so the big 3 in proteases is 6.0, 4.5 and 3.0 which is a correlation to a band that they work with. So the 3.0 would go down to about uh, just about 1.5 and the 6 would go up to about 8 uh, in regards to its ability. And that's a logarithmic scale. So it's you know hydrochloric acid is extremely acidic and your body needs it to break these things down and to kill these pathogens. So that mixture is going to work and start mixing around. And when it's kind of in its optimal state, it's going to transit out of the intestinal tract. And this is where if someone has mineral deficiencies, well, they'll run into trouble because they don't have the bicarbonate buffers, which is a fancy name for alkaline minerals that's going to buffer that acid coming out before it goes in the intestinal tract. If you don't have that, what happens is you start getting burn holes in your intestines. And that's where you get the ulcers, colitis ulcers and you know, duodenal ulcers and all these sort of things because something's disrupted in that system. You
1: know? do, you, do you think on that note, uh, supplementing with bicarbonate minerals or electrolytes is helpful generally? I'm, I'm a big fan of this uh, magnesium bicarbonate. I put it in most of my water. It wasn't in y'all's water, but usually I'll kind of dilute a bit in my drinking water.
2: We're we're major fans of supplementing with all of the minerals, uh, particularly trace minerals as well. Uh, magnesium is a great uh, alkaline. I, mean, I think everybody needs to be on massive amounts of magnesium. It's probably one of the I call it the master
1: mineral. Do you guys have a, a, a brand of trace minerals that you like that you can actually assimilate? Which Pr- I know is Primergen
0: about. V, primogen M, which is yeah. Made by us. Oh, um, you guys do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't we, know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: shit, man. I'm behind the times. I'm rocking. <laughs> I'll send you something. Oh, great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah,
0: and they're in the liquid fulvic humic acid Dude. base. And uh, you, you do get a big lift. I mean, you can put that in your coffees, your teas. And is that
1: a new uh, yeah. product? No, you it's guys actually added? one of our oldest. Really, yeah, oh, one of our oldest it's ones. I don't know how I missed that because I ordered a bunch of stuff off your site, and I thought I got one of everything or yeah. more than one. Um, interesting. <laughs> but it, is it not true? And and hold your thought on the five stages because I, I want to wrap that up. But um, is it not true that most mineral supplements that we get aren't actually uh, you know, digestible. They're not bioavailable yeah. to us. They're the, the they're the still in like pill. The,
0: it's like five percent is the estimated because right,
1: it's like ground up rocks, Chris, basically compressed, <laughs>
0: com- compressed, <laughs> grounded rocks we, right. up in the sewer.
2: We actually wrote about that uh, fifteen years ago when we were producing our bodybuilding because we were kind of like some of the original biohackers as bodybuilders. Um, and we were talking about fulvic acid and minerals and enzymes and probiotics and mind machines and electro therapy and hot, hot and cold s- submission. We, we were kind of in that conversation for you know, a long, long, long time. Um, going back to that, I, I do suggest that people can go and get a spectrocell test. I think it's the best test for looking at micronutrients and mineral deficiencies because you took the three of us. Um, each one of us would have a kind of a unique mineral deficiency, uh, vitamin deficiency, or our ability to absorb that. So, for example, let's say the three of us were taking 20 milligrams of zinc. Well, the, our ability to absorb those 20 milligrams of zinc is probably going to be quite a bit different. So you might need 40, he might need 20, I might need 80. To get the amount that's going to help our bodies function, based on methylation, epigenetics, and these type of things, so you can go really deep. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and, and well, you you started the what I wanted to say, which is the epigenetics or genetics. You know, it, even if we were back to like the golden times of you know, you had a, a the perfect garden in your house, there's still mutations to deal with, like genetic mutations. That, for an example, you know, there's the motherfucker gene, which is very you know, like 50. percent I think. North Americans have, uh, MTHFR. Um, and what that means is, you know, you, you, there's a lot of things you just don't methylate. So what Wade is saying is that if, if you don't look at that data, um, it's easy to have nutrition deficiencies that even if you are eating the food, it, it can still be problematic. So it's just another piece of the puzzle. That's why we're so big on, on this
1: is keep rolling on the stages, right. so, so then yeah, I'm, they, I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, so the. Bite. So, <laughs> so, so this, I think a lot of us don't realize, you know, we we think of our insides and our GI tract as like being part of inside us, mm-hmm. but it's really outside of you. Correct, it's mm-hmm. a single a canal all the way down. It's, it's like a like you pipe. Said, so yeah, you have pipe. like a garden it, hose that runs through your body. Yeah, and then they're you know it's permeable. Uh, hopefully not more than you want it to be, and then your different organs are able to extract things out of that if these processes are working optimally. Correct. So now we buffer that acid
2: and the, the food chime now moves into the intestinal tract. And at that point, that's when your microbiome, the various probiotics inside your body, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So it's 10% good, 10% bad, and 80% opportunist. That's why oftentimes when people travel, they go to some place, they're subjected to new bacteria or new food or whatever, and it disrupts the microbiome and they get sick or they get food poisoning or they run into some kind of problem. Go ahead.
0: Which we are undefeated against food poisoning, as far as we know.
1: With your probiotic.
0: The P3M, it's, it's yeah. never lost. I mean, I've had food poisoning me four times the last six seven years my wife um one guy which we don't advise you do this give himself food poisoning <laughs> yeah, to, test, to test to test it's like don't do yeah. this um, Don't. that's do like this. wim
1: Hof, you know taking the it's, it's right. exactly <laughs>
2: yeah you know biohackers are pretty it crazy ejected, know, with, caveat and we were we <laughs> guys just we're not recommending going out and you know Trying to kill yourself. But the thing is, it it
0: happens. I mean, if you go out and you eat, you travel, and sometimes it's even just obviously in the water, there's new strains of bacteria that exist, whether it's the Bali or India or Mexico um, that can be present in the water that creates massive disruption in your intestinal tract and then you got diarrhea you're vomiting. But uh, P3OM solves that every single time within usually 30 minutes Cause usually when you have food poisoning it's a twenty four to forty eight hour ordeal um which is typically not pleasant so it just, you just made that. me
1: think of like every intern I've ever hired in my whole life <laughs> like we used to joke with other other business that I own in uh in fashion and we you know would hire interns or just assistants and whatnot and uh I would always tell my partner, wow, these, whatever generation Z or whatever they were. I was like, wow, people get food poisoning a lot. You know, I don't think I've ever had food poisoning in 49 years, but that's the way they would call it sick all the time. It's mm. like, oh, I have food poison. I'm like, really? It's the number <laughs> one excuse for like, yeah, yeah like a uh, uh, Gen Z, X, what, you know, from millennials on down, food poisoning is like the number one health concern, apparently. But now that I know about this, I'll be like, you're coming in anyway and yeah. take these well, goddamn well, probiotics. Well,
2: there's actually a, a There's actually some legit components to it. I'm not saying that the people are abusing it, but we're now, if you go back to Howell's work and Dr. Howell back in the 40s had predicted, uh, he took all these different species, everything's from dogs, cats, rabbits, rats, you name it. And he fed them enzymatically deficient diets. And by third generation, here's what happened. Uh, Genetic mutations started happening, lots of genetic diseases, inability to procreate, and um, strange social interactions, like you know, with mothers eating their young, or all sorts of problem, and or strange sociological behaviors, and, and changes in sexual patterns, all kinds of stuff. And he predicted that there would be a massive rise in genetic-based diseases in about three generations. So when we're getting to those newer generations, many of those younger people are severely compromised. Oh, uh, from shits. their digestive health. And if you look now at the sense you bad for well, like, you look at the not believing, yeah, well. <laughs> well, I just want to it's we, we of course you wouldn't know this unless you're kind yeah. of deep down the rabbit hole yeah, of digestion. Yeah. And we and we've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of our clients and heard their stories. And you know, you get into people with uh autistic conditions or autoimmune disorders, all of those can be traced into digestion and, and their food sensitivities come up really well. As, and as you correct them, you you start to see that they have more range and capability of the diet that they can have, or the foods that they can absorb, digest, and utilize. But going into that that microbiome, uh, which is a very dynamic environment, to, and we've had been on this kind of antibacterial kick uh, since the advent of you know antibiotics and you know antibiotic food, and antibiotic cleaners, and antibiotic everything, and we've had this complete obsession. And there's a lot of benefits to that, obviously, uh, which is part of the population exposure. And we're all here because of the use of antibiotics, which saved millions and millions of lives. But the overprescription of antibiotics create resistant strains of bacteria. We get mutations in our own bacteria. We can get bacteria overgrowth. This plagues a lot of women, particularly candida issues because of disruption in the microbiome and the foods that are su- that are feeding the bad guys, and then you get a disproportionate amount of that growth. And so the strategy in order to go in and deal with that is you need to, um, number one, provide the foods that are going to support your microbiome, right? Number two, you need to beat down the bad guys in a way that, that supports the good guys. Like when you take an antibiotic, you just wipe out everything. You're nuking the place. And the problem is, is... If someone has to go through one of those protocols uh, because you know they got an infection or something, just do it. Follow the doctor's order. Get that done. But recognize when you come out, your microbiome has been significantly altered. And if you don't replace the, your your bacteria strains or you don't beat down the survivors, what's going to happen is you're going to be much more susceptible to a variety of uh, of illnesses and and immune system problems and things like that. And you see that the people that are on the kind of the the revolving door of antibiotic use are going in and they get every cold and they get every infection and they get every virus and they're continuously sick. And you can totally turn that down by getting your digestion down because that's your body saying, stop eating. I need to recover. The food has now become a poison. Even good food is now a poison. And so the body's like, stop eating, stop this process until I correct. Or you can hack it, take all these things, reconstitute your microbiome. So that last stage as, as it goes into the, the, the probiotics, the good ones will actually convert your food into energy production units or into building blocks. So the easy way to think of it is, uh, you know, enzymes cut the grass and probiotics mulch it, right? And break that final stage down.
1: Oh, and that's it, cool. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't yeah. know that.
2: And then, you know, and here's another really important factor is that 95% of your neurotransmitters are actually built in the gut. Okay, and if you don't have the bacteria present that are essential to those, uh, the chances of you getting depression or bipolar or all sorts of neurological conditions are are quite prominent today because people don't have the right bacteria in their body to convert and build the neurotransmitters that make them feel good or feel happy or feel supported or not feel depressed. And so, oftentimes we see people, and you can you got a great story about that. Uh, I'll let you cue you up. Tell tell a story about your friend, you know?
0: Yeah. So, uh, my friend Frank, he's, uh, he's one of us. Uh, I've turned, I've, I've, I've turned my friend, he was 75, uh, when we, you know, became friends, he's 78, 79 now, uh, biohacker officially. He's got a nano V, he's got all the toys. Oh, cool. he, he just buys anything I tell him to buy. But, um, when, you know, started hanging out, He was an antidepressants for a very, very long time. And when he just started taking mass zymes, um, within, Weeks or months he got off all of them and feels better. And you know, he just started a new business, got a dog, uh, you know, all kinds of incredible life changes because his brain is getting the neurotransmitters. Because again, as we get older, if you're not able to break the protein to amino acids and take the amino acids and build neurotransmitters like serotonin, you know, dopamine. Oxytocin and endomines, like all of these things that make us feel good, uh, you're going to feel depressed. So just taking, and again, mass times is not an antidepressant. We're not making any claims here, but for him in his situation, it solved this problem, which was really just a lack of amino acids.
1: That's that <laughs> and, is freaking amazing, and I think um, the anxiety and depression piece is mm-hmm. just so prevalent now. So many people I talk to have that, and there's. I mean, there's all sorts of different factors, you know, on the mm-hmm. metaphysical and spiritual realm also, Absolutely. you know, and just having meaning in your life and support and relationships and all of that. But I don't think a lot of people um, have a direct correlation between digestion, neurotransmitters and mood and sleep and all of those things. It's really interesting.
0: And uh, you, you heard it here first. Um, we're going to be releasing a new product in the early era called Cognibiotics. And it's all the strains that have been shown clinically to produce neurotransmitter oh, improve your mood so because because yeah we, we all hear that there's a, a brain to gut connection which obviously there is and I, I want to get into another tangent related to that in a second, but there is very specific strains that produce the neurotransmitters, so that's coming out but one thing to note too, especially for people that you know want to start a new diet or change how they're eating and you know they might have food cravings in our opinion, and it's, there's a lot of evidence is that the cravings are coming from very specific strains and again these probiotics are alive these bacteria you know they want to eat and specific bacteria eat specific foods so if you've been eating doritos and mcdonald's you're you've been feeding certain colonies of strains and these colonies when they get hungry they send messages to your brain saying hey Go to the drive thru, get me another Big Mac, buddy. So, you know, that, that creates I've heard a that cycle.
1: call before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but here's the good news the good news is that we know now, within 24 to 48 hours, if you don't feed certain colonies, they start dying off. So, you know, if you're starting a new diet, give yourself a week and, you know, expect some cravings. Um, I remember when, you know, Wade got me, turned me on to the big ass salad. I think within about a week, I remember like starting to crave the big ass salad. We were both trainers in in World's Gym in Vancouver and we'd cross the street and go to like a Whole Foods and and just, you know, eat, eat a big salad and I remember being really surprised because I was I was going to actually I was going to McDonald's and mm-hmm. eating keto and then waiting for me out to the salads and just started craving salads which didn't make any sense to me at the time because I didn't understand how that how this works so uh, yeah the gut to brain connection is a really fascinating thing.
1: We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Have you ever noticed that no matter how much you work on your lifestyle and your diet, that you still have issues with your gut and digestion? You still have times where you're feeling a bit bloated, gassy, maybe have some brain fog because your food's just not going down right? You might have something called dysbiosis, which is a crazy imbalance in all of the various bacteria that exist in your gut. Well, I found a solution for you. It's freaking awesome. They're called Just Thrive Probiotics. You can find their website at thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. Here's all you have to do to get rid of all those problems. I know it sounds too easy, but it's true. You take one capsule per day after a meal or as directed. The capsules can even be opened and sprinkled on your food or in drinks. You can even bake them up to 455 degrees. Not that you would, but you could, which means they survive your digestive tract and all of those acids and all the heat inside you, unlike most other probiotics, because these guys... Are a spore based probiotic. Just Thrive produces RDA levels of carotenoids and antioxidants such as alpha and beta carotene, lycopene, and lutein. That's geek language for healing your gut. That's right. So get over to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. And if you use the code Luke15, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. That's thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. And now, back to the interview. It was so fascinating when I started doing... I did at least once a day, sometimes twice a day, two minutes of a you know really high gamma ozone, probably higher than you're even supposed to. And within a week, I just like didn't crave sugar at all. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting. I must have been knocking back mm-hmm. the fungus Ruffed. or bacteria, yep. the bacteria in there that really craves the sugar. And I was like, oh my God, this is... For someone with a sweet tooth, I found the cure. Put a catheter and some ozone up your... Up your uh, poop chute, and you're done with sugar. It's just amazing. In fact, since I started doing that, I kind of have to think about like, oh, huh, I mentally I think I want something sweet, but then I'm able to actually think it through and make oftentimes a wiser decision because my body's just now like, ah, oh, give me sugar. It's really weird. Yeah. Speaking of
0: wazoos and probiotics, um, one of the protocols that we're big fans of is taking the P3OM, which is, is, is a single strain, it's a patented strain that is like a Navy SEAL that will clean house, that's the one that's undefeated against uh, food poisoning, and you can ferment it to make it stronger, so you can put it in, in a coconut water and let it ferment for maybe four or five, six hours, and then do an enema with it, and it'll go and eliminate bad bacteria that might be hanging around there.
1: Oh, so that's another power move. I, you know, I've done that with probiotics before too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea there, guys. By the way, I learned this from Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac because mm-hmm. back in the seventies, their noses got so uh, melted from snorting so much coke that they started <laughs> blowing coke up each other's butts. That's how I found wow. out that you have mucus membrane inside your colon and it's very, it's permeable. And if you mm-hmm. want to get something in your bloodstream, you take it that way. So that's, that's the whole theory behind this. It's not like a weird kink. But with the um, with putting probiotics up there that's mm-hmm. interesting, I didn't realize that that was a way to knock back the bad bacteria. It, yeah, so I did I tried and maybe I got it wrong. I took some of your probiotics and mm-hmm. put it in. Um, some coconut water, you mm-hmm. know, cause there's sugar in there to feed the probiotics and I couldn't get it to ferment. At least it didn't become sour. It was like still sweet. Did mm-hmm. I still do it right?
0: Wait, wait, maybe show some of the, the more
1: recent. Like uh, I was trying to make my own kind of coconut yeah, so, kefir. So there's a couple of you know. things that you need to do in order
2: to create. Uh, we've actually got a video. You can kind of go to our site and we actually train it. So oh, cool. temperature is going to be a big factor. Um, so it's, it's huge. It's a huge, huge, huge factor. So oftentimes I'll, I'll actually submerse the concoction that I make. So I mix uh, coconut water or coconut meat with coconut water. And if you can get Thai coconuts, it's kind of the best. And you kind of blend it all together. Uh, if you want to accelerate the process, add a bit of honey. And that the, the sugars will metabolize much faster. And then what will happen is you'll get that fermentation faster. And then you can take that if you're not in a warm climate. What you do is you put it in a mason jar, maybe a quarter to a third full. You can go up to a half depending on how long you want to ferment that mix. Uh, Dump all the probiotics in there. The more probiotics you start with the mixture, the faster it's going to ferment. So a lot of people only put a couple in there. I'm like, just... So how
1: many capsules, like
2: 10, 20? I, I think like you that? do better on 10. Uh, okay. You know, if you want to do 20, you want to ferment it faster. It's just going to give you a starting base much faster. And the honey will accelerate that if you do. And we've got a little video that shows you how to, to make it up properly and blend it. And then you can, if you want to accelerate it again, you can uh, put it into low temperature, like a, maybe a, someplace that could heat. So a dehydrator would work. Uh, or you could put it in, uh, I've done it with a cooler and only I only fill it with boiling hot water and then I submerse the mason jar in the heat. Because, you know, again, every temperature degree you go up, you're doubling activity. So the difference between something at seventy and something at body temperature is a factor of thirty X. Wow. And so a lot of people don't like, you know, and that's exponential. It's it's doubling each time, thirty times. So when you look at the growth of that bacteria, it's it's night and day. And I think a lot of people that run into fermentation problems is because of not enough probiotics to start, not enough temperature. And then adding a little sugar. Yeah, and Maybe, and maybe not
0: enough sugars. Yeah,
2: and, and you can do that because you're going to vary a lot with coconut water and coconut meat of how much you have. And so that's- those Well, are the when I did it, it I didn't
1: have the coconut meat in there, A. B, it was just as warm as it is in my house, which this is only maybe a month ago or something. So it wasn't that warm, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe that was why. But when if you've done it right, will it not be sweet anymore? Will it have that sort of sour it, it'll start effervescent? To go, it'll
2: start to go sour. And if you continue the experiment, It eventually will get beyond sour and that's when it's not good. So you ferment it up at kind of a nice, like a kefir powder or like cream. Once it's fermented, you kind of taste it. And when you get that sour flavor, which is really what any uh, yogurt should be, it should be kind of sour. They add sugar and berries and stuff to make it sweet. But then you take it, put it in the fridge at that point because you want to slow down that growth or you want to bring, as you bring the temperature back down, that means that you're not going to get excessive fermentation where it goes rancid. Got it. And then you just, what I do for a lot of people, and I think, uh, especially if they're dealing with things like candida and stuff like that, you can put it also topographically, right? You just put it right in the vaginal canal and and topographically or on the genital area. And then you can also, I just eat it by the spoonfuls, you know, and then you're getting a lot more to start than if you're just doing capsules. It's another way you can extend... Um, you know, getting more value out of the caps that you you, you have, Dude,
1: and, and, and high the, value. Thank and the you.
2: best
0: colonic I've ever done was the fermentation and putting that in the in the vat and running that through, and then the next day I had some Im- impacted fecal matter that came out that I've never seen before.
1: So. Oh, trippy! And that was jarred loose, perhaps by the well, yeah, the it was activity. breaking it down. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah, you know, yeah. again,
0: impacted fecal matter is going to be primarily. Undigested protein, so and, and sometimes people will will feel that um, when you start taking Maslams or P3OM, there, there's there's a lot of new stuff happening because it's breaking down old things that are impacted
1: in the intestinal tract. Back to the heartburn piece, mm-hmm. it seems counterintuitive then that if you go through Western medicine that they're going to prescribe something that stops the production of acid. If <laughs> That's what the problem is, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if we got to like the solution, but essentially we want to be adding more acid. So if someone's suffering from regular heartburn, I think this is what's helped mine is supplementing with HCL, with hydrochloric acid, especially with big, like, you know, steak, big heavy meals or lots of fat. And it's, it's counterintuitive using the natural approach because you'd think, oh, if I'm, if I'm taking acid, then it's going to downregulate my own production and I'm going to become dependent on it. But yeah. it seems to me, it was like a couple of years there, I'm supplementing a regular basis with HCL and then I, I've really stopped getting heartburn for the most part. And then I would actually kind of forget to take HCL. Like I have your guys's and I just forget because I don't get heartburn anymore.
2: A few, pe- few key pieces in regard to that. So a simple test for your listeners to do is take a uh, quarter teaspoon of uh, baking soda mix it in four ounces of water and drink it. If you don't burp within five minutes, you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid. So Wait,
1: what? what? Right? Say that again. Yeah,
2: quarter. Because that's quarters,
1: what I do when I get quarter, heartburn. Yeah. I take
2: uh, baking soda. Yeah, a well, quarter teaspoon of baking soda, four ounces of water, stir it all up and drink it. And if you don't burp within five minutes, you have low HCL. Wow. That's a great, easy, simple test for people to test. Now, if you look at the literature- On
1: an empty stomach, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay.
2: And if you look, if you look at the literature- uh, the medical literature on proton pumps and these anti-acid things is the, the recommended timeline for prescriptions is four to six weeks because they understand that there's going to be complications. And, and unfortunately, what happens is the doctor, and if you go to the New England Journal of Medicine, it says, you know we do not cure diseases. We treat the symptoms of disease. So when Ma and Pa America walk in the door to the doctor, he's not telling them what he needs to eat. He's not trained in that area. He's not t- t- expecting them that they're going to change their lifestyle. His job is to first do no harm and to treat those symptoms, whatever they might be. Whether that requires a, a, a pharmaceutical medication, whether that that's a that's a treatment, or whether that's you know radiation or, or surgery, whatever the, and, and then they take down the particular pathways. And part of the fundamental problem with people in North America, is that we think that's the doctor's job to keep you healthy. The doctor's job is to keep you alive in that moment and keep you upright and functional and we'll use an array. uh, What I would say, they're very smart people with, with, with three basic tools, you know, and... They have are those to, tools?
1: Drug, surgery?
2: Yeah. They, they got to do, you know, d- drug surgery or, you know, some sort of <laughs> other form or some other form of, inter- like, well, you know, maybe a treatment like radiation or chemotherapy <laughs> oh, or, okay. oh, yeah, or some yeah, okay. sort of like it, protocol that's developed relative to the condition that your people are got dealing it. with. Okay. And so for us as, as health people, we have to, or people who want to have optimal health or live their high self, they have to recognize as it's really good in those short term situations. But as soon as you get that treatment, that's where you need to get your ND, your nutritionist, your health expert to give you the specific advice to how do you, number one, you got there because of your lifestyle. And if, just because you t- took care of the symptoms, they're going to, if you keep doing the same thing, the problem's not going to get better. It's not going to go away.
1: And so, that's something to to make a note of. Uh, on the heartburn tip, another thing that I found useful was I was diagnosed with something called a hiatal hernia. You guys familiar with that? Yes, yeah, that can also create a problem for people as well. Where do, do you know how to explain it? Probably better than I do. Well, I know how I fixed it, but I'm curious if you can kind of explain it's it's a it's a mechanical sort of air in the in the system there, as far as I understand it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's you know it's basically you you start getting a hole develop in the in intestine starts to push up in areas it's not supposed to to go and sometimes it'll come into your leg or sometimes it'll go up into the lung chamber and stuff and that can cause uh, problems when you're with, with the peristaltic contra- contraction in your stomach that will push acid up because of the pressure pushing up so instead of a gas type of situation where you're, you're flipping the flat over, you're literally that and as the food goes in, it starts pushing up an acid and it can create ulcerative conditions, gastritis conditions, or it can create heartburn and acid reflux, depending where it's coming and how it's pushing. It's
1: basically like the, the or, your internal organs up here, uh, you know, under your ribcage, yeah. they're not in the right place. Correct. Like shit gets shoved around and it causes these different gastric juices and stuff to go where they're not supposed to go, basically.
2: Correct. And, and oftentimes, one of the triggers for that is accidents. Car accidents oftentimes will jar people's internal organs and will trigger a hernia and people don't know they're not feeling right six months later they're having digestive problems and it's because they jarred it and actually activated the potential of a, of a hernia situation so
1: well for those listening that you know can't solve your heartburn through diet and taking HCL and stuff what uh, was recommended to me by I forget what kind of practitioner it was that told me about he was like maybe a body work or something he's like feeling mm-hmm. it on my ribs he's like dude your stomach's not where it's supposed to be do you ever have heartburn I was like yeah help me So he instructed me to, right when I wake up, have a huge glass of water, drink it quickly, and then stomp on my heels like 10 times in a row. And the weight of that water, like in the sack of your stomach, knocks it back down Mm -hmm. into place. And I'll be damned, it worked. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. One of the most. And there's a
0: a hack there, too, with different things, um, which you you brought up. I mean, sometimes you want to bypass your stomach. And drinking a massive amount of fluids is is one of the hacks. Cause it'll just you know, the, the weight of it'll just flow right through. Um, we have a leaky gut solution coming out and that's one of those things. You want it in your intestinal tract, so you just want to kind of chug the whole thing so that it it, it goes in the intestinal tract and not hangs around the stomach very much.
1: Oh, cool. Um, One thing I did want to talk about uh, leaky gut that I knew these topics were going to be huge and we needed four hours, but (laughs) we're going to do what we, we can here. Um, in terms of uh, the gluten issue, I did a show a while back for those listeners. I don't remember the number, but it's Dr. William Davis and he's <laughs> one of the foremost experts on on gluten and the issues with that. And um I freaking love bread, dude. Like sourdough, yeah. baguette. Yeah. we enjoyed some last night. And yeah. And salted Delicious. butter yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. That's my It's got shit. <laughs> a little honey with a little honey. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, a really great olive oil, you know, I just
0: and, and for the record, his his mom makes some of the best bread I've ever had. Really?
2: Yeah, she's but, un, she's undefeated. Uh, on getting people onto bread so so (laughs) it's like it's steep. Well, I'm,
1: I'm, you know, and I'm very disappointed that when I do eat gluten, um, especially if it's not organic, which, you know, you go to even like an organic restaurant, it's like, is all the flour they're using really organic? Eh, it's debatable. But what I have found is you guys have this enzyme called Gluten Guardian. And if I ever do, just feel it in my heart to have a cheat uh, on the bread or the pizza or whatever. I find that if I take more than you recommend, I forget how many you say to take, but I'll just take like a handful of those things, 10 or something like that. And I could be psychosomatic or your shit works, but it bothers me if at all, way less than it would. Now it's not going to do anything for the glyphosate that could be present in the wheat as it is in much wheat, but it's definitely working on the gluten piece.
0: Well, going back to my 6,000 calorie Sundays. um, yeah, the Gluten Guardian and the HCL are my go-to's on those days. And adding the HCL really you know, there's there's synergy again where you know, there's always synergy when you combine the right things and combining the HCL with the Gluten Guardian for me, it gives me Pretty close to zero digestive distress, despite eating literally three times more than I normally do and not eating clean food. Like I'll eat burgers and pizza on those days. (laughs)
1: Damn. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And then, you know, I did a show on probiotics before and uncovered a product called Just Thrive, which is one of my sponsors. I love them. It really helped my gut a lot because it's a spore based probiotic. So the theory there is that it doesn't. You know, it hatches in your GI tract and so has a much easier time kind of digging in and uh, fortifying you with that. Whereas many of the probiotics on the market uh, don't actually survive Mm -hmm. the digestive process. And you're basically just, you know, you're wasting your money. As you said, the most expensive supplement is the one that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. If you could kind of summarize in a brief way, again, for people that maybe didn't hear that episode, you know, what's the deal with like the whole... Seems like there's a lot of scams and misinformation in the probiotic department at the health food store. You know, it's like they're really expensive. Some are in the refrigerator. I've taken some. I don't think they do anything at all. And they're, you know, could spend quite a bit of money on them.
0: Yeah. So there's a few ways, there's a few things you want to look at when you're buying probiotics. One is if they're freeze dried, okay, you pull out all the water, they become dormant. And as soon as the water the hydration hits them again they come this spring back to life um, again certain strains are extremely resilient so freeze drying is one thing uh, that you don't no need to worry be as paranoid about the refrigeration process that if they if they don't freeze dry them then you need to look at the refrigeration process and you know some of the more expensive ones are in that section and then of course if there's any part of the transportation chain that maybe you got warm, too warm, then they might be dead. So those are, those are certain things to look at. The other big question too, is it can, it, can it survive the stomach acid? And Wade, why don't you talk about p 3 O M and how it's designed?
2: Yeah, the beauty of p 3 O M is so, <clears throat> I think it's really important to understand that, you know, Matt's a keto guy, I'm a plant-based guy, and we understood there's a wide variance. We're on the two extremes and, you know, most you, people you are somewhere between. killed each
1: other? Yeah, no. no. fisticuffs? <laughs> well, the thing is, is
2: because we're diet and a dietary agnostic. We're about what's optimal. And for him, that's a diet that works really well for me, for him, not something I'm, I've experimented with. It didn't work for me. I, I went on plant-based and he's done a plant-based and he prefers the keto in his life. But what we're, we're totally clear on is about getting your digestive health optimized. And when it comes down to bacteria, there's two basic types that people are dealing with. Implant strains or colonizing strains sometimes, which will develop a colony and grow inside the intestinal tract. Is drops. that what I'm
1: doing with the spore-based that's, one? That's,
2: the, that's what you are okay. working on in a spore-based. Are base. you you're trying a at in, in general? Uh, I believe my personal opinion on that is is it should be done under the guidance of uh, a naturopathic doctor where you're actually looking at the specific strains you want and that you're going to have a diet that is going to support those strains. So if you took it, look at, say Matt's microbiome versus mine we'd have completely different microbiomes because he's been doing keto for over 20 years i've been doing plant based for 20 years we have completely different diets we wanted to cultivate and develop a probiotic that was able to be universally applicable regardless of the diet and that's why we chose a transient strain and a transient strain comes in does its work and leaves goes through the entire body the next thing we looked at is we 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 looked at the what's happening in hospitals today. Hospital today is, uh, is one of the most dangerous places that you can go to. In fact, a friend of mine who's a surgeon, um, he put the first stent in the body. And, uh, he said the, and he said, it's so amazing how much surgery has come from when he started to now. And you know what they put a little incision now this big, they used to have to open you from one side of your body to the other. And he said, the, but the ironic thing is, he says, is half the people that die from surgery today die because of infection. And they divide because of infection, because um, bacteria in hospitals, these antibiotic-resistant strain bacteria cultures, which have been subjected to massive amounts of antibiotics, a certain amount of those will mutate, and then the antibiotics don't work on them. And that's what's proliferating in hospitals, and it's very dangerous. However, if you take that same principle, and you apply a, an environmental stress to a robust and aggressive strain. We took l Plantarum, put it through an extraordinary process that literally created a super probiotic. Just like you take a a military soldier, put him in Navy SEALs, BUDS training, and he comes out as a super soldier. We did the exact same thing with that product, and that's why it's P3M. And because of that, you had to prove the process. And in the patent, there's a patent issued on that probiotic. And that means, it's. In, in this is not me making a claim. This is what the patent demonstrated, antiviral, antiretroviral, protolytic, digest tumor, and is maintainable in the gastrointestinal tract. And so the role of that probiotic is to go in there, wipe out the bad guys, eat up the undigested protein that's feeding the bad guys that produce indol, skadol, and all the neurotransmitter interruptions and make people feel You've got brain fog in the morning or crust in your eyes or bad breath every morning. That's not you producing it. That's the bacteria producing it. And you got to beat those guys down and wipe it out. And if you're going to do that, you want to send the most aggressive strain that you possibly can to go in and wipe that out. And that's what L. Plantarum does. And then ideally, you're going to choose the probiotics that's right for your diet and have the prebiotics and postbiotics. And that's the the, the big gap where a lot of probiotic companies, they take... A single strain research and they say, well, one strain's good, but they don't have eight strains which are competitive. They might not work. You might not have a diet that's going to allow them to grow and support and colonize inside your body. There's all these different factors that aren't well thought out because many supplement companies are built primarily on profits or catching waves or trends that they want to profit from. Uh, they put a mishmash of maybes in the bottle. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but the trend's there and people are buying it and they turn and burn people We've been doing this for 15 years. Uh, we've been in this long time because Matt and I are just really passionate about getting our health. We started as personal trainers, and that's why we had this probiotic in specific, and why we're so excited about it. And uh, you know, it's literally taking us, and we've been in the probiotic conversation a long time. It's taken us 15 years to get comfortable with coming out with our next probiotic to come down to, to get the right components of prebiotics, postbiotics, the. the the Chinese herbs that are going to support that and accelerate the effect of that and the strain specific to that. And so it took us a little 15 years to to, to get to the point where we were comfortable producing a different type of probiotic.
1: And what about this? Uh, and I think I covered this in my episode with Tina Anderson, but I forget what she said, but I, you know I'm, I, I really like being a myth buster and mm-hmm. I don't like when companies rip people off <laughs> it really bothers me mm-hmm. and I know so many people that want to get healthy or having health issues they go in a store like Erwan and drop 800 bucks on a bunch of bullshit
0: <laughs> you can and, do that at the shake bar yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, pro, you know, and probiotics. in addition love Erwan by the way I it, love that store it's my, favorite store. It's my favorite store the I'm planet. grateful to spend yeah. my money love there it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, way too much but um, yeah. you know you have as you said the different strains so some probiotics, you know they're like we have 15 strains yeah. and, and people 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 think, 15 is better than one. Not necessarily so. (laughs) Correct. And then, what about um, how many, you know, CFUs? I think is how they're Mm -hmm. measured. You know, so they're like fifteen billion live, guaranteed. Da da da. Uh, Does any of that gobbledygook mean anything? I'll jump
0: in. So, one is, you know, what's more important than the count is the doubling rate. So, P three M, depending on the temperature, excuse me, doubles every twenty minutes. So, if you do the math you know again would you rather get a million dollars or have a penny double every day for 30 days uh, if you do the math you'd be much richer with the penny so that's that's a more important metric to look at is like how fast is it doubling and and if you do the math uh, and
1: are they going to put that on the label though i've never no, seen that okay no
0: uh but we know p3m doubles very aggressively and it's so that's one thing to to consider. But here's here's the unfiltered truth about probiotics from a guy that formulates things with probiotics. In my opinion, like at this very moment, we know maybe one percent of what we'll know in maybe 10 years, right? Mm. So there's so it's such a complex system. There's so many strains. There's Competitive strains. There's strains that will beat other strains. Uh, Each strain has certain things, and you know we we do have some data, so we're not completely ignorant. But you know, and of course, I read research all the time, and we're discovering new stuff like on a daily basis, literally as far as what's coming out, as far as research. But you know. there's a lot of, yeah, there's probably a lot of myths. There's probably a lot of stuff that we believe today. And, you know, that's why these podcasts are so important and just constantly educating yourself. I mean, it's just one of the things about health. Um, there's always new information coming out that makes yesterday's information obsolete. So I think when it comes to probiotics in general, that's um, one of the things to, to look for. You know, when, uh, one other comment to, to talk about as far as probiotics is there are certain strains that produce histamine. So those are things that you want to look at and you can Google probiotics histamine and you'll see there's, there's strains that do that. So that's one and that a produce brain fog. So again, it, going back to Naveen, Wade and I were chatting with Naveen as we were walking um, at a health event last year. And he said, that almost nothing colonizes. Like, I mean, you're talking about a guy who built a gut health testing company and he's not seeing, and I've looked at a lot of different biome tests, including my own, and, you know, almost nothing colonizes as far as what's commercially available. And I saw another study that came out of Europe they tested 55 different uh, probiotic products and nothing seems to, to colonize. Now, does that mean there's no benefits as you're taking them? I think there's benefits as it's going through your intestinal tract. So if you look at it from as a digestive aid, um, I think, I think it has merit, but I think, a lo- I think one of the biggest myths is that I'm going to take these strains and they're going to colonize and then I'm going to be healthier as a result. They don't seem to colonize. Um, we know P3M is transient. Uh, that's how it was designed. But I think in general, um, almost nothing seems to colonize. So it's probably one of the biggest myths. Interesting. And then what about... Well,
1: maybe? And, and maybe the spores do again and I mean and- that's their that's their big selling point and and there was a scientist a friend of mine I forget his name a friend of mine interviewed on his podcast that actually came up with this particular strain mm-hmm. of the spores so when I interviewed Tina Anderson from um just thrive it was you know we didn't get that mm-hmm. deeply scientific cuz that wasn't her expertise we talked mm-hmm. about fermented foods and all kinds of different mm-hmm. things like that but from what I understand, that one does, and they have, you know, it's been quantified and mm-hmm. tested in a lab. But cool. um, I'm also someone. It's like cool if that one's good and y'all's is good. I'm just going to take them all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well here's, here's a question: Did you, 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 know,
2: I, you know, sometimes we get we overcomplicate things. In the in the I always say, did you take it and did you feel the benefit? Totally, that's and it. it. it, yeah. it, it that, that's that's the that's the the that's deciding the factor. <laughs> and I think what's really odd about humans today is that somehow we've lost connection with our own bodies and our own biofeedback. Keep in mind, our bodies are the the process of of billions of years of evolution. And there are literally millions of reactions going on at any given moment that are just happening automatically. Even a person dying has millions of functions still working at, at a perfect rate. And Because we've become so externalized in our life, we forgot to tune in. And one of the beautiful things that happened to me in my life is my old coach Scott Abel um, in bodybuilding taught me specifically how to leverage biofeedback. In other words, because I had a training routine, because I had a dietary, he'd say, "How do you feel? What's your hunger levels? What's your moods? Are you going to the bathroom? Are you waking up tired in the morning?" And I would start to build patterns. Now, what I've done with that, and I recommend this for your listeners is follow the protocol and start writing down whatever program you're on. Write the program. And if you're taking a new product, write how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis and see the changes. And then if you get testing, this is where it becomes magic. You start testing in correlation with your biofeedback. And pretty soon from your biofeedback, you can predict what the testing is going to be. And so that way you can get real-time feedback of where you are relative to a variety of different tests. And one of the things I love taking new tests for is because now I can do that test and monitor my biofeedback and go, oh, yeah, I'm starting to see this. And then you know, three years down the road, I can remember what that was. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm off here. And I remember I took that back three years ago to correct myself and boom, you can fix that. And so I, I really encourage people to, to, to cultivate that mindfulness practice. Take the time, check it with your body and, and write it down. And when we coach people, I get a person to write down their whole lifestyle for two weeks and everybody says they eat pretty good and then they go through it and they're like, oh, it wasn't so good. And, then, and they start seeing their moods or their sleep patterns and stuff. And it's like, look, there it is. It's self-evident yeah uh, and we yeah. can correct those patterns relatively easily I'm with lifestyle huge, change.
1: I, i'm also a huge fan of uh of lab tests you know working with the functional medicine doc and um uh, it's fun to see yourself age backwards you know i can Isn't look it? at my labs from 15 great? years ago and they look like shit and every year year over year all the different metrics of testing and the testing gets more sophisticated over time too right correct you have more, you know, options available to the different types of tests you can do. But it's so fun to see. Uh, speaking of which, and we're just about out of time here. Um, in a, if we can do this in just a couple seconds. But when I recently worked with my doctor, Dr. Scott Scher, who was recently a guest on the show talking about uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we did my uh, biome test and came up with uh, decreased pancreatic elastase. So uh, pancreatic. Enzymatic production deficiency, and he wants me to take pancreatic enzymes with meals. Does that make sense to you guys? Well, let's talk a little bit about humans. Um, <laughs> okay. I just, I'd humans, like, we have 30 seconds to answer yeah. a question that's Humans takes have, a, an have hour.
2: a pancreas that's four and a half times, or uh, four times, excuse me larger per body weight than any other species larger because we have a highly cooked food diet and we have to produce more enzymes. So that's a, your enzyme storage system. Your liver produces most of the and it releases it. And if you're not releasing enough enzymes from your pancreas, oftentimes taking some form of digestive health aid is going to benefit. So I would certainly say the test is probably correct, although I wouldn't list it to list it pancreatic enzymes per se because pancreatic enzymes are generally from an animal-based source and they're only usually effective within a very narrow range of pH. And that's where I think for most people, if they go to a cultured enzyme, and we talked about those enzyme ratios, a cultured enzyme is going to be 100 times to 1,000 times more powerful. And chances are they're going to get a much better result with with less caps. So
1: you think from y'all's enzymes that I'm taking, the mass enzymes that I I wasn't taking as regularly when I did this, that I could solve that? Oh, uh, absolutely. Dope. Okay.
0: There was another issue that I saw, which was... Fatty, fatty stools, and that's the lipase deficiency.
1: I had, I had that challenge. That sounds really gross. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed when he had to explain that. To me. Yeah, I had that problem when I tried a
2: ketogenic diet. I, I would find I, when I hit certain amount of fat in the body, I would get oil in my stools until Matty G uh, concocted the, the Capex formulation. Oh, nice! Yeah. yeah, so
0: Capex has four different types of lipase. So if you're in a keto diet or you have your situation, it solves that. Uh, but Capex is a little more than just a digestive aid. It's an incredible mitochondrial booster because you know what it does. It'll break the fat into fatty acids. The you L-carnitine know, transports it into the mitochondria, in the muscles, and in the liver. And then there's several ingredients: CoQ10 seven keto DHEA, which activates three liver, three liver enzymes and anoslim, which activates even the enzymes in the mitochondria even more. Uh, so you're getting the, the mitochondria kind of going from a V4 to a, a V12 and you're feeding them more. So you're giving them more fuel and you're boosting the motor, the horsepower, if you will. So, you know, if you take four or five caps, three caps uh, in the morning, you'll get eight to 12 hours of energy without tapping your adrenals, which is awesome. Yeah, I
1: love that CAPEX stuff, dude. I take, I don't even count, but I just, every, every morning with my first drink of water, just take a big handful of them. I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. If it says three, like 10 must be better. You <laughs> yeah. Know, this kind you're, of, you're, yeah, we're the okay, same. Okay, same good. Thing. And then, but those that's something that we, we'd we also want to be taking in my case where I'm in a that high one. fat diet and my body doesn't digest fat easily. Yeah, it's which probably is kind one or a,
0: two caps because it's, it's really potent in terms of the dosage of the lipase. Okay.
1: And then the other thing, the last thing I want to cover and then we're going to, we're going to do a quick lightning question to close out here is uh, I've got this uh, Klebsiella overgrowth, which is, you know, can happen from antibiotic use and IBS and, you know, all this kind of stuff, which is a real bummer. And I think that might be at the root of some of the digestive problems that I've been plagued by for a while. And um, so my docs got me on the, uh, you know, the oregano oil and I'm taking like, I think I'm not on his recommendation when I'm taking this stuff that's uh, like a pine oil, which is super hardcore. Kind of like turpentine therapy, you know, similar to that kind of vibe. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm done. I can't, I can't have this shit, no pun intended, happening. So any uh, advice on uh, uh, bacterial overgrowth like that?
0: Well, I think these are effective tools. Another thing to look at is starving it. So again, there's something that you're feeding it. There's something that you're eating that's feeding that strain. So remember what I said earlier, Twenty-four to forty-eight hours, strains start dying. So, figuring out what is eating that might be difficult. This where maybe muscle testing would be very helpful. You know, going right, through through right. a practitioner that you would trust as is accurate, and kind of having a list of foods and testing, and really isolating which food is feeding that, and then eliminating that from your diet for a while. That'd be my approach. And another cool.
2: option that you may want to consider is is, is subjecting yourself to a panchakarma, uh, which oh, is an Ayurvedic pathway, yeah. which is designed to, you know, you pump all these oils into the fats that push out the toxins, and then I'll come the medicated herbs, which are going to cause sometimes vomiting and sometimes, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time on the throne. But the effectiveness of that for people who have dysbiosis inside their bacteria cultures is pretty strong it's you know usually you're going to need 3 4 weeks and not everybody can do that just to take take that and cuz it's not something that when you're going through that process, that you can go out and you know <laughs> you know, do your day job, you know it's not going to work that way. So it's a very intensive program for people who are really struggling.
1: Cool, yeah. Uh, someone was just recommending that to me a couple of days ago in an interview. Sahara Rose, Rosa, Ayurvedic expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last question is, uh, what are you guys coming up with for leaky gut? We have a, a for,
0: actually two formulas. One is vegan, and one is non-vegan. So it's coming out. And uh, in the new year, really excited about it. And basically it seals the gut. So it's, it's several different ingredients that have been shown to, to build a to seal and, and fix that. So stay tuned.
1: Oh, dope. Cause this is going to come out in the new year, maybe even as far out as, February or March. So cool. yeah, we probably, that time, we'll probably have it. we be then. rocking and rolling. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, normally this is where I ask who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced you, but I'm running super late for an event that I'm supposed to be at. And I, it's a habit that I'm working on breaking. Uh, Maybe so, we can just do one yeah, teacher. Yeah, give me one. So each of you give me one teacher that's profoundly influenced your life in general that our listeners well, we'll might pick be able the to go that Yeah,
0: let's do it. David Hawkins. David oh, Hawkins,
2: nice. yeah. Best, best teacher overall for navigating life there is. Read the whole series, watch all the videos, do all that sort of stuff. I haven't seen anybody that's done that their life hasn't radically transformed and their perception of the challenges they might be going through.
1: What a... Perfect ending, you know, and it's funny because if I ever meet anyone that's not just like, oh yeah, I read his book or something, but if someone's like into David Hawkins' work, David R. Hawkins for our show notes writers, um, I already know they're at, at a certain level of consciousness because no one else would ever be interested in his work unless they were at a certain kind of vibe. So I always find if I meet someone and we have that in common, I'm like, oh, we're, it's, we totally understand each other on a soul level from that standpoint. So thank you so much for that. That's a great, um, great, um, great way to end it. Lastly, where can we find you guys? Website, social media, where can people go buy your stuff and do all the social media things? Well, no, we have a special link with a discount. So, you know, be- yeah, I don't have it on hand, but I'll give that to your web. We've got a discount you guys gave us, which I don't have in my notes, but I'll put in the intro and the outro for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about for people that want to follow you on social? Do you have anything yeah, just, on them? Just,
0: just Google optimizers, um, uh, We have a YouTube channel that we're starting to put up more videos. We produced 84 videos that is in a really valuable series. Uh, We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. So we just buy optimizers.
1: Dope. I'm going to go watch the video on getting my key fear game down, (laughs) but I won't watch the video where you do the rectal implant. What? Okay. (laughs) Uh, That wraps us up, guys. Thanks for joining me today. Great to be here. Thank you. All right. I told you guys we went down the rabbit hole on this one and that there were going to be a lot of topics discussed, a lot of hacks, a lot of great information. Now you might see why I recommended in the beginning of the show that you join the newsletter. I mean, weren't you listening to this going, wait, what was that? What was that thing? How do I where's the link? How do I get the thing? Uh, I know you were because there were so many knowledge bombs dropped on your ass. So here's what you do. Go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter and get the complete timestamp show notes. They're really dope. And I work so hard on them. Actually, I don't. My production team at Create Media does, but I work hard to get the money to pay them to work hard to deliver these amazing newsletters to you with these awesome timestamped show notes with all the links and even links to complete transcripts of the whole conversation. So if you don't want to listen to it, you can read it. It's really cool. LukeStory.com forward slash newsletter or text the word Lifestylist, all one word, to the number 44222 on a U.S. phone. Next Tuesday, we're going to be talking Mastering the Mantra, Sound, Vibration, and Kundalini Creation with the band Icona. I think it's the first time I've actually interviewed a band. It's pretty cool. I love to listen to and play music, especially mantra music. That was one that was recorded out in uh, Atlanta Atlanta baby uh, and it's really fun so make sure you subscribe to the show so you catch next Tuesday's episode and again uh, our you know great uh, guest here have hooked you guys up with a discount if you want to try some of their products I have a kitchen full of them no joke they're called by optimizers and uh, you spell that by forward slash Luke that's bio. P-T-I-M-Z-E-R-S, like bio, but by optimizers.com forward slash Luke. The code there's Luke20 and you're going to save 20% off. And let's thank our actual show sponsors. I mean, that was nice. Those guys gave us a discount. And, you know, they come on the show, they spend their time, they plug their stuff. It's all good. It's all in the family here, but we have real sponsors that pay to be on the show. And um, I really like to support them. I like when you support them because they're awesome people. I only work with the nicest, coolest folks and just only legit products. That's, that's my deal. That's my rule. Um, in fact, uh, someone today pitched me on a product uh, to promote and it's actually a really cool product, but it's just not one that I would actually use. So if I had to plug it I would have to lie and be like, I love this thing. I use it every day when I don't. I think it's great and I would be happy to, you know, tell people about it, I guess, organically because it's a fun kind of, it's an art-related product. Obviously now I'm not going to name it because that would be like, that would be the re- a reverse plug. You know what I mean? It would tell you that don't get it because I don't like it. But no, I do like it, but it's just not the kind of thing I'm going to use every day. So that was the end of the conversation. And I'm not trying to virtue signal and be like I'm. I have such high integrity. See, look at how integrous I am. It's not about that. I'm just telling you, like, you can trust the products on this show and on LukeStory.com forward slash store, which is my web store where I link to all this stuff. Because I'm just very critical of health products, and if they suck, I just don't promote them. That's it. And there have been a couple occasions, I think once or twice in maybe four years, where. I've promoted a product and then later found out that it was not good for you or something like that. There's one that comes to mind. It was called um, Symbiotica and it's like a vegan DHA oil. And when I first found out about it, I thought it was really legit and really good for you. And then I found out that mega dosing DHA really sucks for you. And I, you know, it was new information and that's the way scientific inquiry is supposed to work. If it's done in a healthy, open-minded way, you 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 research everything you can, you find out. And when you think something is legit, you talk about it, you do it, you use it. And then as more information comes in and you're proven wrong, sometimes you have to um, backpedal that. And I actually remember having to take that one off my site because I was like, nope, found out that's not the best idea. I mean, it wasn't toxic or it wasn't like a recall. I mean, it's fine. It's a clean product and it's legitimate. I just don't personally think it's a good idea to take large doses of DHA oil. Personally, that's just my thing. And so if I don't do it myself, I'm not going to suggest that you do it. Anyway, said all that to say this, our sponsors officially are Four Sigmatic, Blue Blocks, and Just Thrive. Now, Four Sigmatic makes some amazing medicinal mushroom products. You know that already. If you've been listening, you probably have a kitchen full of them. But what I really like is their instant coffee. That's kind of the, the flagship product now that I'm promoting and using just because when I travel, it's really hard to find clean coffee like good coffee so i just take those in my bag whenever whenever i go anywhere car or plane and i'm rocking and rolling so you can go to foursigmatic.com forward slash luke story save 15 percent off with the code lifestyle is there uh then blue blocks blue blocking eyewear oh my god it's nine o'clock i should be wearing mine right now hang on that's the sound of me getting out my glasses i'm not even bullshitting you those people watching on instagram live can attest to the fact i just put my blue blocks on um this daylight savings thing is weird like it you know it gets dark at seven thirty now or something in la and so i i'll have all the blue lights on and uh, in the office and whatnot so i can see my paperwork and then i go oh shit it's nine o'clock i should be wearing my blue blocks blue blocks protect your eyes your brain your sleep um because they protect your melatonin And so whenever it gets dark, man, you should really, whether you use blue blocks or whatever you figure out, dog, you should seriously, and I don't say should often because I don't want to should on you, but you really should be uh, wearing some blue blocking eyewear because we have not evolved, folks, to be looking at the sun at 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock. It's just super dumb, super, super dumb. It's called a circadian mismatch. Uh, Study the work of Dr. Jack Cruz, who's been on the show a few times, and he'll give you the science on it, but it's really, really bad. So if you want to save all that from happening to your ass, go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. You can save 15% off over there with code LIFESTYLIST. Uh, Lastly, just thrive. Speaking of probiotics, speaking of your gut, this stuff is so good for your gut, dude. It's a spore-based probiotic patches inside you like little aliens. It just does you right. You can find that at thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. Of course, you've got a discount over there of 15% using the code Luke15. So that's what's going on uh, over here, uh, folks, ladies and gents. I want to thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I want to thank Wade and Matt. These dudes are awesome. We were talking about getting them on the show for a long time. I think I realized after this that I had actually been on Wade's podcast. I think it might be called something like Optimizers podcast or something to that of that nature. But after they left, and if you guys hear this, I'm, I'm so sorry that I was this brain dead, but I was like, wait, I've been on dude's podcast. I knew we'd met here and there at the conferences and whatnot, but I didn't realize that we had actually recorded, um, because it was a remote one, you know, not in person. That's my excuse. It's not that I wasn't, I uh, didn't have my memory impressed with his brilliance, but anyway, uh, point is I, I go back a ways with these guys. They're really good people and their company by optimizers is just amazing. They're, very committed to high quality products and i love promoting people like that and helping them get out and spread the word about what they're doing because the world needs more companies with integrity you go on amazon and you see all these supplement companies and it's just oh man there's a lot of garbage out there and people are wasting so much money thinking that they're helping themselves and getting healthier and all they're doing is helping empty their bank account into the toilet because these supplements are worthless and Wade and Matt are very high integrity and they're doing it right. So I was really thrilled to have them on the show. And they're also just super fun, cool dudes. Like I would just ch- chill with them. Anyway, they're fans of Dr. David Hawkins. Anyone that's into David Hawkins that you're going to meet is going to be awake. That's my rule because no one can stand to read his books. They're so boring unless you're really committed spiritually. <laughs> Honestly, no offense to uh, our beloved. And, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that? Um, he's passed to the other dimension. Um, what's the word when someone has died already? I forget. Uh, but anyway, I love David Hawkins and any fans of, uh, the Hawks are fans of mine. So thanks to Wade and Matt. Thank you for listening to the show. I know right now the world is crazy as hell. I'm hanging in there. You know, I just keep pumping out the content, uh, putting out positive energy into the world and really keeping with my meditation and prayer and doing the things that I personally do to stay sane, And uh, that has much less to do with biohacking and much more to do with the inner work of keeping my mind right. So I hope you're doing the same and uh, I wish you and your family all the best and we'll uh, be back at you uh, on the next episode coming up um, on uh, Tuesday. I'll see you then. And we're going to be rocking and rolling with uh, a band, man. Really exciting show. I'll catch you then.